All right, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord, that you would come and give us grace and wisdom. I, I pray for your help, help for help. Lord, let the teaching, anointing, and gift flow. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see. Let the implanted word of faith that is able to save our souls really come in and make a major deposit into us tonight. Revelation and wisdom in the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, so this has been uh, elementary foundational teachings. Our key scripture for this have been Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 6. We've really been covering what elementary is, which is the first, the chief, the foremost, the pri priority, and principle or doctrines, which are uh, things that bring charges, what we've been called to, the thing which lays an argument to rest, that uh, is bringing a message to a closure. It's really moving to a conclusion. It's to lay to rest. So really, it's the beginning first and chief preeminent thing that lays to rest the rest uh, of anything else. Um, really in Christianity, meaning what anything else we learn about Christ as we grow in our knowledge of him and in our Christian walk will never um, usurp these things. Actually, all of these things are foundational. They're what we build off of. And we really can't even begin to grow up in the Lord as we learned in Hebrews um, chapter 5, verse 11 through 6. We can't even really move on to grow into maturity until we have these things down pat, really um, to the point when we can teach Others And so we've covered repentance from evil deeds, faith in God, baptisms, uh, plural, that's water, spirit, and fire, the doctrine of laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead, and tonight we're going to really be covering eternal judgment, eternal judgment. And so somebody said, ooh, eternal judgment, whoa, it sounds so brooding. And <laughs> it's really actually for those in Christ uh, an extraordinary thing. And so it really actually is a message of hope and encouragement. Um, it's a doctrine, uh, really, of bliss. And so uh, you say a doctrine of bliss? Yes, a doctrine of bliss, eternal judgment. And so um, tonight you'll find out why. And so what is eternal judgment? Well, the word to judge means this. It means to separate or make a difference between. This includes bringing to trial, examining evidence, determining guilt or innocence, and deciding the penalty of sin in the biblical context. Eternal judgment is the great and final judgment spoken of in the Bible, which determines the eternal destiny of all souls. So this life is not all that there is. There is an eternal destination uh, once you fall asleep, if you will, in this world, once you once you pass on from this life, which this this mortal body, this flesh dies, the soul has an eternal destination. Um, unfortunately, we have done whether it's been through media or TV or even in the church, we've done a poor job of explaining the eternal destination of a soul. What is a soul? It's your mind, will, and emotion, and your the spirit man that's on the inside of you, and then your mind, will, and emotion, and then your body, your triune being. But unfortunately, like I said, the soul, or sorry, the church, excuse me, has done a poor job. The world has done a poor job of explaining 
where our souls will spend eternity. Many have taught and preached that, you know, whether you, well, you'll be in heaven or you'll be in hell. This is actually not true. Now, if you were to fall asleep or pass away now, currently you go to hell or to heaven. Uh, hell being Sheol, the place of the dead, which the Bible says is in the center of the earth. Heaven being where Christ is right now, where the Lord is to be absent from the body is to be present uh, from the Lord. But that is not our eternal resting place. The Bible does not pr- speak that. It does not uh, preach that. It does not teach that. The Jesus did not teach that. Um, the 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 uh, the apostles did not teach that. He, Jesus did teach um, to fear God, whom can throw, cast your soul into hell, into Sheol, the place of dead. But that is not where you will remain forever and ever. That is not what the Bible calls the second death. The Bible mentions a place which we're gonna we're gonna look here in just a moment. We're gonna read it. The Bible mentions a place called the Lake of Fire. Okay, and then the Bible mentions a place called the New Heaven. And the new earth, the Bible says, behold, heaven and earth shall pass away and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. So the souls, you and I who have committed our lives to Jesus Christ, who have been saved by faith through grace, right? Saved by grace through faith. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Let's be doctrinally correct. Uh, we've been saved, right, by our faith in Christ in the divine ability given us to by God, sealed by the Holy Spirit. We will spend eternity in the new heaven and the new earth. But if we pass away now, we'll go what? Where? To be with Jesus and come with him at his return, which we'll just we'll read about in just a minute. However, if we pass away, die outside of Christ, we will spend <laughs> we will spend uh, eternity in in the lake of fire. We will pass away. If we pass away now, we'll go where? We'll go to hell, Sheol, the place of the dead, and await the final judgment day at which time hell and all those in it will, will stand before God and give account of the life that they lived and then be cast into the lake of fire. And so you say, oh, really? Yes, really. Turn to Revelations chapter 19. I want to show it to you in Scripture. We're going to have a lot of Scripture tonight. I love the Bible, love the Word of God. I'm not just going to tell it to you. I want to show it to you in Scripture. Revelations chapter 19, starting in verse 11, and we're going to be running through chapter 20, verse 15. That's Revelations chapter 19, verse 11. We're going to be running through Revelations chapter 20, verse 15. This is really where eternal judgment begins. What is the word? We talked about what judgment means. What does eternal mean? The word eternal means this, without beginning or end, that which always has been and always will be, never to cease, everlasting. This is everlasting judgment. This is the judgment that's been made upon you that will affect you forever and ever and ever. I've heard it said that the time we're living now in is really zero time. This isn't really, uh, this is a vapor. This is zero time. This time... Uh, it, it's just a blink of the eye compared to eternity, to what is everlasting. However, what happens now in zero time determines how we spend eternity. And we're going to look at that tonight. So again, this is the doctrine of eternal judgment. We're going to be in Revelations chapter 19, verse 11 through 20. And verse 15, this is the beginning in Revelations when eternal judgment begins. Listen, it says this. Now I saw... 
heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and he makes war so we see christ at his second coming the return of the lord the lord came once born a virgin lived a sinless life died buried resurrected seen amongst many ascended to sit at the right hand of the father and said behold i'm coming back and this is his return and he comes to do what to judge and to make war his eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns he had a name written that no one knew except himself he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of god he comes to judge and make war as what faithful true the word of god and the armies in heaven this is very important to read to catch what this says right here as we read it listen and the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen who are these armies white and clean followed him on white horses now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with an iron with a rod of iron he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty god and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written king of kings and the lord of lords there's several key phrases i want in the in the area of eternal judgment i really want us to focus on tonight they are the day of the lord the coming of the lord and the day of wrath the coming of the lord the day of the lord and the day of wrath i want you to keep those three sentences if you will three points in history three points in e eternity three points in our walk with christ in the timeline of all of the world and all of eternity in our hearts as we as we move forward then i saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven come and gather together for the supper of the great god that you may eat the flesh of kings the flesh of captains the flesh of mighty men the flesh of horses and those who sit on them and the flesh of all people free and slave both small and great and i saw the beast the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and his army boy are they misled then the beast <laughs> was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image listen these two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone the first to enter into and experience eternal judgment the first creatures in all of history it is not the saints who pass away we'll cover that in just a minute okay it is not the devil okay it's actually not even the lord is not in in it has he foreseen it and seen it all absolutely does he know it yes but it hasn't yet entered into existence yet but the first two to enter into their eternal destiny the eternal judgment their eternal resting place are the beast and the false prophet they enter into the lake of fire that is burning with brimstone and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh it's interesting because we're going to see that those who were killed with the sword as we read on were not cast into the lake of fire with brimstone they went to hell 
There's a very clear distinction here, and I want to show you that those are two different places. And I know there's a lot of teaching out there. I know that there's a lot of movies out there that say that they're the same place, but they're actually not. Just as there's a lot of teaching and a lot of thoughts that heaven is where we'll spend eternity, the current heaven, but it's not. The, the heavens will pass away. The earth will pass away, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. There'll be no sun there, but God himself will be the light. This is what scripture shows. So now we're moving into chapter 20. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. What is the bottomless pit? The bottomless pit is hell. This is the place of the dead. In his hand, and he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. I love this portion of scripture. There's some false doctrine going around now. Um, I've heard it's been around for years that, you know, the Bible doesn't say that the serpent in the garden was the devil, that the Bible never says that. Well, here's a scripture that proves that. That serpent of old. Obviously, we need the whole Bible to interpret the whole Bible. We need Genesis through Revelations to understand it all. And so as we read in Revelations, we see the connection all the way back into the fall of man in the garden where Satan, that serpent of old, you know, enticed Eve. And so uh, moving on, laid hold of the dragon, that Satan, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. So we see that Satan is not thrown into the lake of fire. We see that the false prophet and the beast are not yet, th- are, we're sorry, we're not cast into hell, but we're cast into the lake of fire. Do you see the distinction here? There's two separate places. Satan bound in hell for a thousand years, but the false prophet, and the beast, fast track to the lake of fire. <laughs> you gone, buddy. All right, then let's read on. And I saw thrones. Somebody say thrones. And they that sat on them and judgment. Somebody say judgment. Was committed to them. I wonder who's sitting on these thrones. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the, Im- the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So when Christ came, and re- it, when Christ, sorry, when Christ comes, we're reading in past tense because he's foreseeing in a dream, or sorry, foreseeing in a vision. When Christ comes on the day of the Lord, the day of wrath, at the second coming of God, of Christ, on that day when he comes, that army that is with him are the saints who have fallen asleep in the Lord. We see Paul references, he says that they'll come, they'll be blessed are they, they're part of the first resurrection. Those who have fallen asleep in the Lord are, they come and are resurrected. And then what? Those who are on the earth at that time who have their faith in Jesus, they put on a new body, a glorified body and join them. And he says, we'll be caught up to join them in the sky when at his second coming, when he comes, we'll be caught up to join them, the armies of the Lord. And it says that there will be thrones 
and people set on them to issue judgment during those thousand years. And he says, and I saw those also uh, who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God. Let's move on to to verse 5. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has his part in the first resurrection over such the second death. Somebody say second death. Has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So we see again that there are are two resurrections. We covered this in the resurrection from the dead. There are two resurrections. There is the first resurrection of those who have fallen asleep in the Lord, as Paul said. Uh, those who are beheaded for Christ's name, those who return with him at his coming, and then we see those who are alive are transformed in the blinking of an eye and are called up to meet uh, the Lord in the sky. And it says this, they'll be with him forever. A lot of people think, well, then we'll be in heaven. But that's not how the Bible uh, teaches or reads. We'll be with the Lord. We'll never leave his side ever again. Just like those who pass away now, To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They will never leave his side, ever. When Christ steps out of heaven and enters earth, guess who comes with him? His bride comes with him. Those who are on the earth, caught up to be with him and will be with him forever. Just like those who passed away, never leave his side. Actually set on thrones to rule and reign and make judgment, uh, which we're going to take a further look at tonight. It says this, Uh, In verse 7, now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Boy, you think they'd learn. Uh, Verse 10, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's everlasting. That's eternal. So again, hell is not the eternal resting place for Satan. You know, the Bible says the fallen angels... Uh, that came and mated with the sons of men in Genesis chapter 6, are actually bound in chains awaiting to be cast into the lake of fire. So they're there in hell in the bottomless pit, which again is where Satan goes. He gets bound up, put in the bottomless pit, thousand years. But then after this, after he's released, his eternal judgment is the lake of fire, where the false prophet and the beast are there waiting tormented day and night forever and ever. Listen to this, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And a lot of people, again, preach this like we're all going to be terrified and, and, and mortified. But I, I want to I show you that that's not the case for those who are in Christ. So let me read on. Uh, And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. So now, if we jump back to verse 5 when it says, The rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now we're seeing the second resurrection when all the other dead are risen and brought before God. All will rise from the dead. Both wicked, both, both righteous, all will rise from the dead. 
Uh, and it says this, they stood before God and books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Now we see that this is not those who return from Christ. This is not those who have received their glorified body. This is the remainder of all the dead, the wicked and the unbelieving. This is them who are judged according to their works. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades, or hell, delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. So hell is cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Listen, there is a second life and there is a second death. Do you understand that? You have the life that you live here now in this mortal flesh, and then you have an eternal life that you live forever and ever with Christ or a second death where you die in this flesh and then live forever and ever in the lake of fire. It says this, Anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I want to read on to verse 21, uh, chapter 21, verse 1. Uh, listen to this. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. That is the new heaven and the new earth where the saints of God and God himself will come down and dwell, and that will be our eternal resting place. I encourage you to go on and read Revelations chapter 21 and chapter 22 now with this understanding that this is a new place that has never been seen before. Remember Jesus said, I go now to build a place for you. If you continue to read in chapter 21, it says, I saw new Jerusalem come down. It's the place that Jesus, the master builder, has been building for us in heaven to now live forever and ever and ever. When it comes down and this in the heavens pass away and the earth pass away, the two become one. There is a bridal union between heaven and earth that creates a new heaven and a new earth where we will dwell forever and ever. But the wicked and unbelieving, the devil, the false prophet, and the beast will what? Spend eternity forever and ever in the lake of fire. All right, let's jump back in. I just wanted to show us that picture. The Bible gives us a clear picture in the book of Revelations for us to kind of understand how this takes place and when it takes place. When? At the second coming of the Lord. The, also known as the day of the Lord, also known as the day of wrath. And we're going to look at how all three of those are interchangeable. Just like we talked about during baptisms, how being baptized in the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit are interchangeable within Scripture. They actually mean the same thing. So does the day of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, okay? Also the day of glory is another one that's, that's mentioned, the day of the glory of our God. Okay, in the day of wrath. But depending upon your eternal position uh, depends on what day that is for you. And so we're going to take a look at that. But it's all the same day. Um, so let's let's move on. All right. So eternal is mentioned. I want to give you some facts. Eternal is mentioned 299 times in the Bible. 299 times about eternal is mentioned. Judgment is mentioned 623 times in the Bible. So who judges? Who is the judge? Well, Jesus is the judge, not the Father, not the Holy Spirit, out of the Trinity, 
Jesus, the person of Jesus, is the judge and his body. We will join him in the judging of the world. The fa- Here, I'm going to give you some scriptures. Uh, the Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in him, in the Son, has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. This is so important when you read Scripture to understand that the day of wrath and the second coming of the Lord are the same thing. It's very important to understand that. Because what I want you to understand tonight is, is that right now, your judgment has already been rendered. Huh? It has not yet been manifested, but it has already been rendered. I just read it to you. Listen. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hand. Whoever believes in the Son has, not will have, has eternal life. Just as we learn in the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead that those who are in Christ have already entered into eternal life. They've already been, their spirit man has been resurrected. Sure, this mortal body will take off this tent and will put on an immortal body if we pass away or fall asleep, as Paul would say, in the Lord before the coming of the Lord, we will come back with the Lord with a glorified body, be resurrected from the dead. Uh, Or if we're here remaining when Christ's return, we'll be caught up and transformed in that moment. And this mortal will put on immortal, the flesh. But immortality already rests within the person who has been born. Again, he just said it. If you believe in the Son, you have eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son, listen, will not see life for what? For God's wrath remains on them. His wrath is resting on them. You want to know the wrath of God? Go read the bowls of wrath in the Bible. I know that, and I, I want to mention that because I know a lot of us heard the day of wrath and in all this, the coming of the Lord. We read um, Revelations, and I've done a teaching series on Revelations, which I think you can find on our podcast before. And so I'm not going to go over all of that again in detail tonight. But but you can go back and read. I know that we read it like these events have to take place you know, like the like bowl one has to happen, then bowl two, then bowl three. And it's like there has to be some years or some time that goes by uh, for these things to 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 take place. But really, the thing is, they could all be happening at one time. You notice that scripture says it's the day of wrath. We read it like, well, one year bowl one was poured out. Well, year two, bowl two was poured out. Well, year three. But the Bible actually doesn't doesn't portray that. It talks about a day of wrath. And so all that wrath that you read about in the bowls of wrath, understand it is already the the judgment of that wrath is already resting on the sons of disobedience, already resting on those who have rejected Christ. But those who have received Christ have eternal life. We are already judged righteous. We are already judged to have eternal life. You know, the Bible says this, we are not appointed unto wrath. And a lot of people will, again, take that scripture, and that's where their eschatology gets twisted, and will it be pre-trib, mid-trib? Well, I don't know. Well, what about wrath? What about tribulation? What this and that? But understand this, that we are not appointed to experience the wrath of God. It will not touch us. And people will say, well, what about God's judgment? Well, uh, or the tribulation, or this and this, way different than wrath. Go look at the wrath of God, the bowls of wrath. We are not going to experience the effects of that. The Bible says we'll only look and see the reward of the wicked. We will behold it. We will see it, but it will not touch us. 
Let's move on. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. So again, we see who commits the judgment. Who is the judge of all the earth? It's Jesus. It's King Jesus. Uh, And we'll see here it's his body also because it lists in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2. Paul said this, don't you realize that someday we believers will judge the world? So now, understanding again that we must interpret Scripture in the context of all of Scripture, what we just read in Revelations when we see the thrones established, right, with Christ for the thousand years and judgment rendered, we see now who is sitting on those thrones, believers. Revelations 20, verse 4, then I saw thrones and the people sitting on them have been given the authority to judge. And so, again, when we connect 1 Corinthians 6 to and Revelations 20, verse 4, we'll see it's believers. So who judges the earth? How do we answer that question? Christ and his body. We are the two are one, you know, Christ and his body. We will judge as as husband and bride, as king uh, in, in his bride, as his church. Uh, let's move on. So I, I, I want to talk about how many times are we judged technically? As believers, let's talk about the judgment of 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 believers. Well, believers are judged twice. Believers are judged twice, uh, which I'll get to. Uh, once already, if we believe, and that judgment again, we talked about it just a minute ago. You've already been judged. You've already inter- entered eternal life. That judgment is based solely on the blood of Jesus. And determines our eternal position. Remember we read the dead who were raised up in the last day when hell gave up the dead. They stood before the Lord and they were judged according to their works. Us who are in Christ are not judged for our eternal position based on our works. Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. Our eternal position is not based on what we do or don't do in this life. It's based off of Christ's life, what he did on the cross in the shed blood of Jesus. It is based solely on that and our faith in God. Now, there is a second judgment, okay? We are judged according to our works done on earth after salvation, and that judgment is for this purpose, to receive an eternal reward. So a lot of times this gets twisted up, and this is why people start falling into this fear of losing their salvation and these things and, and that. And we're not going to get into Calvinism and Arminianism tonight, but but that's where a lot of people walk around in this constant fear, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, if I do this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I made one mistake. I don't want to lose myself. No, you should be more concerned about what kind of reward you're gonna have, but you need to understand that that as long as you remain in relationship, in fellowship with Christ, your eternal destiny and position before God is finished, over, done, signed, sealed, delivered. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the seal, the down payment of our salvation. You are signed, sealed, and delivered by the blood of Jesus and the seal of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Your eternal position in Him is secured. You will never face that judgment. 
that we just read in Revelation. You will never come before the Lord to to be determined whether you're going to spend eternity in the lake of fire or the new heaven and the new earth. That is already settled right now. If you're in Christ, it's settled. You have your ticket into the pearly gates, if they're pearly, which it reads they are, (laughs) into the pearly gates of this new heaven and new earth. You are already have been judged, deemed righteous to inherit that. Now the world and the wicked are judged by Christ and the saints, and this judgment is eternal. Uh, listen, Jesus and the apostles they preached this in their gospel. It, it was all up in their gospel, eternal judgment. Go back and read it. We're going to look at it um, here in a couple scriptures, but every one of them touched on it and mentioned it. Here's some in Acts chapter three. Verse 19 through 24, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. I love that. I want you to catch that. Your sins. This is why we're already judged righteous. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He forgives our sins and the Bible says remembers them no more. Yes, God has a book of remembrance. But let me tell you something. Inside of Christ, every wrong thing you did was blotted out by the blood. I said every wrong thing you did, as long as you are in him, is blotted out by the blood. And the only thing he records are the things you did for his glory, which we'll get to in a moment. So anyway, repent, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus, Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything. That's that's where it steps into eternal judgment, the day of the Lord. Uh, As he promised long ago through his holy prophets, for Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days, these eternal days. Again, that's Acts 3, 19 through 24. Then Paul said this, as Paul talked about, this is in Acts, about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now, you may leave. When I find it convenient, I'll send for you. That's Acts 24, verse 25. And then Jesus uh, says, in Matthew 3, 20, 12, sorry, says this, his win- about Jesus, his winnowing fork is in his hand. He will thoroughly clear his threshing floor. He will gather his wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire, which, again, that's speaking of what? The lake of fire. Um, whoever does not receive you nor heed your words as you go out of that house or that city, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of, somebody say day of, judgment than for that city. Again, we talked about what happens to those who reject Christ. They're already judged. Uh, Let's go on. Um, But I tell you, that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That's Matthew 12, 36 through 37. Uh, then it says this in Matthew 13, 49 through 50. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, 
and take out the wicked from among the righteous and will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We see that again play out where in Revelations chapter 20 where we just read where he's dumping out the dead, dumping out hell. The sea gives up its dead. Everyone that ever lived is resurrected from the dead and then receives an eternal judgment. Um, again, uh, this is John 5, 22. Not the, f- the Father does not judge anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my saying has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. So the judgment, again, has already been rendered. And it is, do you believe in the one he sent? Uh, God says this, the work the Father wants from you, the Bible says this, sorry, the work that God wants from you is to believe in the one he sent. Let's read Romans chapter 2, verse 5 through 10. But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath, for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So what does revelation mean? It means to be revealed. See, God has already made his judgment. That's really what I'm trying to convey tonight in the doctrine of eternal judgment is that God's judgment has already been rendered. You're either righteous or the wrath of God is resting upon you. And the only way to change your case in this life is to turn to Christ, is to turn to Jesus. And that advocate, that attorney, thank God that our judge is also our lawyer, if we believe. And he can turn that judgment in your favor and lift the wrath of God off of you and you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It says, but because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and the revealing revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each person according to his deeds. You don't want that kind of judgment. You want the judgment to be rendered against you according to Christ's deeds that is only accessible by faith and grace. You don't want the judgment rendered on your own deeds. To those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation, there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek, but glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Uh, Now, we talked about, again, the day of wrath and the day of judgment when this judgment is revealed, what God has already deemed, he's already judged that those who would have faith and put their faith, hope, and trust in Christ would be judged righteous and enter into that eternal destiny. Do we understand that? That eternal resting place of the new heaven and the new earth to be with him forever and ever, that place, that city of bliss where he'll wipe away every tear, where there'll be no more sorrow, no more pain. That is the judgment for those who are in Christ, who have been made righteous by their faith in the shedding of his blood and his death, burial, and resurrection. And so, and then again, he judges the wicked and the unbelieving. They and hell get cast into the lake of fire. Will they be weeping and gnashing of teeth? Will they be tormented day and night forever and ever along with Satan, the false uh, prophet, and the beast? That is their eternal judgment, is that place. Now, our second judgment, because there is a second judgment, we will be judged then uh, 
after this, this is rendered, we will then be judged according to the works we have done in our life in Christ. We'll be judged according to our works done, and it will be an eternal judgment. It will be, because it will have in- eternal, everlasting ramifications. So it'll go on. What, what we do now in this body, this mortal body, since we've been born again, uh, what we do for God will be accounted to us as a reward in eternity. And so I want to show us that in Scripture. There will be a second judgment for those of us in Christ. We're already judged righteous, okay? And we'll enter into that judgment at the coming of the Lord. But then there will be another judgment where we will receive our reward for the lives lived in this life in Christ and, and what we will have as our reward for all of eternity. Obviously, we already received Christ, but there are treasures. You know, Jesus said, um, don't stack, basically, I'm going to paraphrase, don't stack paper in this life, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot touch. Because why? You'll receive those forever. Let's read some scripture. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. 2 Corinthians, uh, or sorry, 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verse, chapter 4, verse 8. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. You see, that day. Uh, and not only to me, but also to all who loved his appearing. I love that. Do you see how he ties that eternal judgment? It's the same day. The day of wrath, the day of judgment, the coming of the Lord, the the day of the Lord. They're one day. It's the return of Christ when he comes. Bam. We start to enter into the revelation and the revealing of the judgment of God. We begin to to enter into that, that kairos moment in time, that pivotal moment in time when eternity starts to break out, whether good or bad. You know, the door is shut. When that sky split, it's over. Man, whew, that stuff gets, gets me excited. Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. But the day of the Lord, again, the same, same day, will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away. Again, we're not going to spend eternity in heaven, but the new heaven and the new earth. With a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with an intense heat. It's the outpouring of the wrath of God. And the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct, in godliness, looking, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will uh, melt with intense heat? So as we live now, when we do things selfishly, when we do things uh, for, for, uh, out of ambitious purposes, those things at the day of the Lord, the Bible says, will be burnt up like chaff. But what we do purely for the glory of Jesus in this life now, that he would be glorified in our lives. This is why the Bible says that we have been created in Christ, through Christ, or sorry, been recreated in Christ, uh, that we could do good works. Good works in us. What are these good works? These are things that will have eternal ramifications that will be rewards in eternity. And so this is the goodness of God that God would call you in himself now 
fill you. This is why he doesn't just take you out. Is he's given you an opportunity to stack up paper, if you will, stack up treasure in heaven, to have a reward with him forever and ever and ever, to have stuff to lay at his feet, to have stuff that you're going to have for eternity. You know, we talked about it. Uh, we did a recent message on tithes and offerings and how the Bible says that when you actually give your tithes, your offerings, you're storing up treasures in heaven. Some people say you can't take your money with you. That's a lie. You actually can. The way to take your money with you into eternity is to give it away. You won't take it with you if you try to keep it, but you give it all away, it'll be there in eternity waiting for you. There'll be treasures, rewards in heaven. And so that's that. those are our judgment. That is eternal judgment. And just to recap, judgment has already been made for your eternal position. Meaning this, if you put your faith, hope, and trust in Jesus, you become born again, sealed by the Holy Spirit, you will spend forever and ever in that new heaven, that new earth, city of bliss. Your ticket has already been issued. Do you understand? Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. As long as you remain in faith and in relationship with Christ, it will never be blotted out. Those who die unbelieving and wicked, unrepentant, you know, in their wickedness, not even based on their deeds, that's the thing, based on faith. They don't believe in the one who God sent. Those will be taken from hell, which is their temporary resting place, and then judged at the day of judgment and cast into the lake of fire where they'll spend forever and ever and ever. That is eternal judgment. And then the second judgment for us in Christ will be a judgment based off of the things that we do in this life in Christ, for Christ, in his glory, and then we'll receive an eternal reward that we'll have forever and ever and ever and ever. And so this doctrine of eternal judgment is very, very, very important because for several reasons. One, you in Christ need to be living your life as though you've already been judged innocent. There is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ. If you're abiding in Christ, okay, you are judged righteous, innocent, and pure. The Bible says this, that you now stand before God flawless, lawless when he looks at you he does not see your actions praise god he sees the actions of christ he sees the actions of his son that's why he says this anyone who tries to keep their life will lose it but anyone who loses their life will gain it what do they gain they gain christ's life i am the way the truth and the life i am the resurrection and the life we get his life that's a, an amazing exchange. Man, what an amazing God. You know, what, it is, what is an amazing God? But also understanding eternal judgment, what it does is it provokes us to share the good news of Jesus because we understand that if people are not believing, that if they are unbelieving, that the wrath of God is actually already resting upon them, that they've already been judged guilty and will spend forever. If they die right now, they'll be in hell waiting for the lake of fire. They'll spend forever and ever in the lake of fire. And so that will spur us on to then share the good news. Because, man, it's like, listen, all you have to do is believe. 
you don't have, people think, we, we have preached the gospel, like you have to go out and fix everything in your life. No, you could never fix anything in your life. Believe in this message, that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came, lived a sinless life, born of a virgin, died, was buried, resurrected, ascended to the right hand, and is coming back. And if you'll believe that his shed blood was enough to forgive you of your sins, if you'll agree that what God says is right is right, and what God says is wrong is wrong, and you have been wrong and are in desperate need of a Savior, and you put your faith, hope, and trust in Him, then the Holy Spirit will come along and do a work inside of you, and you will be born again, sealed with the Holy Spirit for salvation, and He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the end, and He will start forming in you the image of Christ. He will start forming in you the nature of Christ, not based off your works, but based off grace based off grace and you tell them this but listen if you don't believe this message if you don't believe you already stand condemned by the law the law exposes us all as sinners i want you to understand that is the purpose of the law the bible says the purpose of the law is to show that we are all sinners we are all guilty it was not to save us christ is our savior Faith in Jesus is our Savior. But that law says we're all guilty. Every one of us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you begin to share that with them. Like, listen, man, put your faith and hope and trust in this message. And you bet you can have faith that as you're sharing it, the Holy Spirit is giving them faith and in drawing them to the Father. And if they reject him, woe unto them. We just read about it. Woe unto them. Their portion will be the lake of fire, if they do not turn to God. And you, you understand that. So what does it do? It, it provokes you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The s- sin, because, be- sin because the world has been judged, right? The sin. Righteousness because we're righteous. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit's job to, is to convict the Christian, is to convict you of your righteousness. Did you know that? Its job is to convict you of your righteousness, that you're actually right in Christ. So don't act like that. You don't have to. You're free from sin. And then it says of, of judgment. Why? Because the, the ruler of this world, he's already been judged. It's over. The judgment has been rendered. The Bible says Christ, uh, the Lamb of God, was slain before the foundation of the earth. And that the day of judgment is what we were just read, the revealing of the righteous judgments of God. It's to reveal them, to bring them to light to the whole world. And so you'll stand clean when you understand the doctrine of eternal judgment. That snake won't have a foothold in you to twist you up and tell you, well, you failed today, so you're going to burn in hell. Well, actually, you're wrong because nobody burns in hell for eternity. They burn in the lake of fire. So get out of here. Get your doctrine right. Anyway, uh, but it'll help you. It'll help you in that sense of, of understanding that you're pure and flawless and that you have access. See, that's why the devil lies to you about that. Because the Bible says that we now have access to come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace in time of need. You see, mercy pardons and grace empowers. So what the devil tries to do is convince you you don't have access that there isn't blood on your doorpost, that you the veil isn't torn, that you can't go to the very thing that you need, which is the mercy seat and the throne of grace. And so this revelation of eternal judgment, man, it'll really free you up in that. We need it. We have to have it. And we need to be able to teach others it. 
It's so paramount and key. It's, again, why it's an elementary foundational uh, principle. And then, again, you'll know that the wrath of God is resting on the sons of disobedience, and you'll be provoked to witness. I guarantee you the next time you talk to somebody that's not a Christian, you'll remember this message, and it will urge you on to share the free gift of God. All they have to do is open it up. Amen? Amen. And what it will also do is it also make you realize that you're no longer living this life for yourself, but you're living it for Christ. And so the things that you do now, it's not about you. Listen, it's, it's, it's not about entering into, you're not trying to earn your salvation, but you're earning a reward. Which is, it means, you know what that means? That means all the bad stuff is not held against you, but all the good stuff goes towards your account. That's really good news. It's why it's called the good news of Jesus Christ. This good news is actually really, really good news. You don't have to wait for the, uh, the other shoe to drop with this news. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the eternal judgments of, of yourself, Lord, of your son. We thank you. Uh, the Bible says that you predestined and knew us before the foundation of the earth. We thank you that you have already issued the, the verdict and the judgment on our behalf, that those of us who would trust in your son and do the work of believing the one who you sent, Lord, by, by the power of the Holy Spirit and your grace, God, that we would be judged righteous. Lord, but we know that the, your wrath and the day of wrath is awaiting and resting upon those who are unbelieving. So help us, Lord, to know this doctrine, to be able to teach it by the Spirit. The Bible says the anointing teaches us. Let the anointing teach us, Lord, that we would go out and be able to share this with others, Lord, that they might come to the saving knowledge of your Son, all to the glory of Jesus. Lord, let us be mindful that we are stacking treasures in heaven, and let all that we do be done for your glory and your honor and your name. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us on Encounter Podcast. We pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you, and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.